Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group, and I publish and edit the website theweeklydriver.com. It's been online since 2004. My friend and co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today, I guess in the world of uh, full disclosure, we have a neighbor on of mine and Gretchen, my wife's Gretchen, and she lives around the corner. A while back, I noticed that she had this Can-Am in front of her house, and I started taking it for a spin, and I was curious, and we're neighbors, so we've had a few chats about it. So I'd like to introduce our guest, Tracy Brocher. And uh, Tracy, welcome to our podcast. We can't wait to uh, jump in and talk to you about the wonderful world of your your Can-Am and and that new experience you've had now for several years. So welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Can you tell us a little bit of the background, how you got interested in this? I think that there's a a reference to your uh, former partner, deceased partner, and how you got started on the bike and uh, what it's meant to you over the years. Uh, yes. Um, I've been riding actually since I was about 19 years of age, and I've loved riding, but I gave it up many years back uh, because my partner didn't like me riding. So she, to make a long story short, she passed away in 2020, and um, I felt pretty lost. And then COVID hit, and I even felt more lost. So I thought, what could I do to get myself out of it? And uh, I knew I couldn't ride two-wheelers anymore because I needed a knee replacement and started looking online and found the three-wheelers, and history was written. That's good. Um, your trip across the United States, by the way, we should say it's a Can-Am, uh, and for, I need to be educated. What what does that actually mean when you, when somebody rides that? It's, it's three-wheeler, and, and what else should we know about that for the general audience? Well, the Can-Am Spiders, the engines are 1330cc, so that's a pretty good-sized motor to take you, you know, cross-country comfortably. Um, all I, I don't even know what else to say other than it's a very comfortable fit and um, kind of gives you a little bit of self, you know, confidence if you haven't ridden two wheels. And um, I, I don't even, I really don't even know what else to say about that. Well, well I would mention they're an eye catcher because they're different. You don't usually see a three wheel motorcycle anymore. Back in the day, the two wheels were at the back. Nowadays, on a K and M, the two there's two wheels in the front, right? They are, and the, the good thing about them is they're independent suspension, so you don't have any uh, fears or um, uh, you're not going to roll over on them like the old three-wheel bikes. So it's, it's a much more comfortable um, ride. I would say even more so than the two-wheelers for me. Um, it just could feel, it makes me feel like I have a little bit more control of the road. And one thing I've realized by driving... Uh, cross country is that the car people like us. I have more people stopping, wanting to talk about it, and I even have a uh, young men going by with their thumbs up. So it seems like they're we're not uh, offending any car drivers. Well, it's probably yeah, uh, you know, like everybody could see themselves on that, and maybe not so much on two wheels. Absolutely, absolutely. I've had even young women run up and start talking to me about it and I'm old enough to be their grandmother and they will even say I can ride this I say absolutely you can so yeah it does take intimidation away from people and um, just gives them something to look forward to when they you know when they start to ride that's one of the things I remember having a few conversations with you about is that maybe someone I, I don't think I'm you know breaking any confidences I'm 67 you're in your 60s Bruce is in his 60s 
And maybe somebody like myself, I've never really ridden a motorcycle. So maybe it would be a a good entry point if I decided um, to feel young again or to give it a shot. It would be a place to start. And I think you mentioned that there are other people, if I can use the derogatory term of seniors, (laughs) if that's derogatory, that it's a, a comfortable place for people to start. And there is that lack of intimidation. You know, when uh, COVID hit and I, I wanted to get out of the house, um, there's a, a person that I met online, and she lives in the Concord area. So we decided to meet at Vacaville, and I, for the, you know, the outlet stores there, and just have a sandwich, and I rode the bike. And she fell in love with the bike, and at the time she was 65 years of age, and she had never ridden a motorcycle in her life. And so I had her ride it in the parking lot. And then we finally went on a a street, and she fell in love with the bike. And then I realized I needed a an upgrade. I needed one with cruise control because I am riding it a lot. And so I sold her my bike, 65 years of age, never ridden a bike, and she is now my riding partner. And we go all over on the weekends, up around Highway 1 and all up in the the, uh, foothills. And she absolutely loves it. And again, she had never ridden a motorcycle. I love that. (laughs) That's the best. Uh, So you get the experience of the wind in your face and the... The vibration and and the noise, the, the good stuff of a motorcycle, but you, uh, you know, you don't you don't have to worry about laying it down. Not at all, and you know, even on my two wheeler, I put my foot down in uh, oil and end up falling over just in place. And on this, you don't have to worry about putting your foot down. <laughs> you just don't have to worry. Tracy, a few years ago, uh, I had a chance to meet. Uh, Mary, um, Mary, 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 I can't think of her last name. She was a pioneer. The racer. The racer, pioneer on the motorcycle, and she was the first woman woman to ever um, compete in a motorcycle race at Laguna Seca Raceway. And we became friends, and Bruce then met her, and we've interviewed her a few times. I think she's 84, 85 now. And she told us a story about when she was a pioneer that they didn't want her to come into a restaurant not because she was a woman, but because it was in the 50s when uh, the Wild Ones with Marlon Brando (laughs) debuted in the theater, and they thought that Mary, who's about your size, um, was this intimidating person, and the guys that she was with were, you know, gangsters at at best, or and at worst, who knows, but they didn't allow them in restaurants and so forth. I realize, you know, we're 70 years ahead of that, but in your trip across the United States, could you give us a couple of examples of experiences you've had with either people uh, admiring what you do or were there any people who you know, were, were, were taken aback by you? You know, I have not had anyone uh, react to me in a negative fashion at all. If anything, I've had, excuse the language, I was riding the bike uh, a couple weekends ago in Oregon and I'm all of a sudden I'm at a stoplight and these young kids, teenagers, or at least they look that young to me, yes, uh, pulled up beside me and said, "I'm not going to use a word, but that's effing sick." And they gave me <laughs> thumbs up, and so I have n- never had a negative reaction. That's, and that's great. Pretty much the reaction I get throughout the entire. I've been to. Missouri and back. That's furthest I've been, mm-hmm. uh, but I've never had a negative situation. That's, That's great. great. When go when you go across country, did you take uh, major roads uh, or I, it's been a long time since the farthest I've driven is Utah, but the Bonneville Salt Flats, for example, or other open roads. 
that must be really a different sensation on a, on a motorcycle. Uh, it is. I took Route 66 part of the way also. Yes. Um, I took the same route when I was 19 with my dad, and I was on a 400 Honda, mm-hmm. and my dad was on a 500, and uh, took the same exact route. Uh, it was just exhilarating, as just exhilarating uh, for me on the three-wheeler as it was the two-wheeler. But yeah, no, I'm on major highways, and I go on the smaller roads too. Any, You just give me a road, I'll ride it. Gotcha. Do you... Uh plan much of these routes or do you just kind of hop on the thing and see where the road takes you no i plan it because being a female traveling by myself i do want to make sure that i'm somewhat in areas that i'm going to be comfortable with going to oklahoma i remember pulling up into this one place and i was i don't even remember what state i was in at this time i want to say new mexico and it was dark. I, I got a late start that morning, and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to be in, in not a great area. And I pull in, and again, this is COVID time, so there's not a lot of travelers. But then there's families out in the parking lot barbecuing. I felt so much at home, and they all wanted to come up and see the bike. Uh, so I've never had a, a bad experience. But when I do know I'm going to go, uh, when I'm planning a trip, I try to look and, and read a little bit on the areas just to make sure that I'm not being stupid (laughs) so you do have a destination as well Uh, the overall goal you have a goal in mind and like the missouri what'd you see there uh well actually i just want to i went to shawnee oklahoma that was my goal but my nephew had mentioned online uh on facebook that he was in missouri just on the other side of the border so it was only about a four-hour trip from shawnee so that's why i went ahead and went into missouri and had uh dinner with my nephew and had a great time, and then from there I, I started my trip home, the northern route, and uh, that that was a lot of fun. But that's the reason I went into Missouri. During COVID, there was uh, the traffic was way down, I think, right? So that made it extra oh. nice. Not only that, the hotels were like fifty dollars a night. <laughs> Even better, that's great. What <laughs> yeah, about? Yeah, no, it was it was perfect. Uh, since we're neighbors, and I, I, you know, we know each other for a few years as as uh, neighbor, friendly neighbors. Um, how about the physicality of the bike? You're you're not that big of a woman, um, and um, does it does it affect your shoulders and um, your legs after you're on the bike a long time? Is it is it a, a physical um, challenge? No, that is what is unbelievably awesome for me. So when I started riding the three-wheelers, and uh, it was March of 2020, or right after COVID hit in 2020, I needed a knee replacement. I, I needed a knee replacement for many years. I could barely walk at the time. So yes. if I even rode in the car to Auburn, I could barely walk when I got out. But sitting on that bike, literally all the way to Oklahoma, every time I got off the bike, I did not hurt at all. Not anywhere, not shoulders, not knees. I could not believe it. So I am more comfortable on my uh, Can-Am than I am a vehicle. That's That's fantastic. How many miles would you put in a day? Oh, I don't really can't tell you a day, but I know that the first year that I had my first bike, I put 13,000 miles on it. Okay. That's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. Good for you. Yeah, and I'm about up to that with this. Well, actually, I'm about fourteen or 15,000 on it now, and I just bought it a year ago, the one I have now. Do you do daily commutes in this? Like if you just needed a quarter milk, would you take the Can-Am or do you take a car? Uh, It depends. 
it depends what mood I'm in uh, because I am so close to the store. Uh, it, and it depends, of course. I don't like the heat. So if it's hot, I'm going to jump in the car. If it's comfortable weather, I'll jump on the bike. But I will tell you, this is no lie. Last June 1st, I had a knee replacement. And I would live alone. And I needed something at the store. So the first time I was dumb enough to walk, which was not smart. That was the first week after knee replacement. So, of course, my knee swelled up to a balloon. Well, the next time I rode my motorcycle, jumped off, got what I needed, came back home, and then I propped my knee up. I couldn't ride a car yet, but I could ride the bike. Are we talking Comptons? Like, it's four blocks away, right? Yes. Yeah, just in East Sacramento where where we live. Um, It's a wonderful little neighborhood where we do have a market uh, that's very convenient for for most things. And there's even a little restaurant now for the last couple of years. So that's nice as well. Um, I was going to ask in terms of, I think you've mentioned that you've got involved with some clubs now. uh, And particularly with... uh, with seniors, uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of a growing trend. More and more people are find out and finding out about Can-Ams. And um, can you enlighten us or tell us about what you've discovered of people who were, let's just say, I don't know, 50 and older or 55 and older are discovering that uh, these you, are more popular? Okay, I will be honest. I have not gone a lot of rides, <laughs> gone on a lot of rides with the group. But one thing I have discovered for myself, uh, I prefer a smaller group because when I did go ride with a younger group that were also motorcycles, mostly motorcycles with allowing us to go with them, they rode a little bit different than my style. I'm I'm not all about speed and I am about obeying the laws (laughs) as much as possible. Thank you for that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So I, I didn't really enjoy the large groups. Yes. Uh, I like, and then when I do ride in the groups, I like to be at the, very end watching everyone and and just you know if I have to pull over if someone has to pull over I'll I'll follow them but I don't I like small groups yes back in the day when my family had VW bugs we'd uh, honk at each other and wave uh, is that the same with the Can Am owners absolutely so when you have the th- the if you're passing someone or you're you know coming across someone on two wheels they kind of give you the two fingers we give the three fingers. Uh, and it's yeah, there's a camaraderie that that is definitely out there still. And car drivers usually give the one finger. <laughs> I was I was waiting yeah, but, for that. Oh, but not to me. Not to the three wheelers. Okay. That's great, uh, Tracy. What about in terms of uh, uh, come into this with uh, very little knowledge about that? How what about insurance and and how were the bikes uh, designated? Um, what experience have you had with any with um, law enforcement? I mean, in a good way, too. Do they acknowledge that you're out there doing something good? And have you had any conversations with those guys or women? The only time I had a conversation with a CHP officer, I wasn't sure if I can ride in the diamond lane with these. I see. And so I was at a, a Chevron gas station here in ESAC, and I, the CHP officer was there, and I went up and talked to him, and he said, yeah, you can. And so in California, you don't have to have a motorcycle license, and you can still ride in the diamond lane. So you have the best of all worlds. Maybe you should have kept that a secret. No, I'm glad you shared it. That's yeah, good. Known. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, in terms of insurance, they're classified as a. What is it called? I've never understood that. If yes. It's classified as a car or a motorcycle, but I still go through Geico because I've had nothing, and I'm not here to advertise. But 
I have had a motorcycle accident in 2016, totaled my bike and, and busted a couple bones. Yes. And Geico was awesome, so I still stick with Geico when it comes to my Can-Am. I see. I've never heard a good insurance uh, story before. It's always, <laughs> that's, it's always, it's always a, a one-finger story. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, uh, they took care of me, okay. and without any fight, none at all. Uh, you mentioned this woman who you met in Vacaville, and you've become writing friends. Um, are you aware that there are other women, uh, and or I'm sure that there are other guys who maybe earlier in their lives had motorcycles, and now for one reason or another are on Can-Ams. Is it becoming more popular, if you're aware, for, for women in general? You know, I, I'm online, and I, and I see people um, texting or, or commenting online. I think a lot of times when you're a two-wheel rider, and, and please, I'm not trying to, to... Well, men have egos, so does women. I have a big ego. Sure. But when a man has ridden a two-wheel bike for a long time and they, they realize they need to kind of cross over a little because of, of age or, or physical situations, they still hang on to their two-wheeler for a while. It's almost like they have to um, get to that point to say, okay, now I do need to get rid of the two-wheeler and just stick with the three-wheeler. So, yes, I think there's a crossover, but I think it's just a, it's just a mind thing. We yes. all have to accept the fact that being limited in different ways doesn't mean we have to stop and and they finally then go with what they need to do. But, uh, yeah, I do think that there's a little bit of crossover when it comes to age, the aging process and our physical situations. Gotcha. I'm, back, I'm guessing there's a lot of young people that drive these things too, though. Wouldn't you think or no? Um, or do you see them? No, no, I don't see a lot of young people. And the reason is and someone hit the nail on the head. I think. Because we're older and we're retired, we have the money to put in this direction. So sometimes I think they're not cheap. Sometimes I think it's a financial thing of, of what we choose to do. Like my Honda 400, even in today's world, would be a lot cheaper than the Can-Am Spider that I have. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a good so point, I, yeah. And price yeah, range? So I do think the, the of, of what I have um, is was before uh, our good old situation of yes. getting products into us was I think my bike was a, a little over 23 out the door and it has a wind windshield it has speakers so I can plug in my my uh, bluetooth get my music hear my navigator on it I have luggage in the back and the front of the bikes has a frunk f r o n k frunk yes yes f r u n k excuse yes. me um CK. I can't even spell today, can I? That's okay. CK. Anyway, yeah. It's, uh, so there's plenty of luggage for it, uh, which of the two-wheelers you wouldn't have. But it, it's to me, and then the backrest I did have to put on separate. But they might be a little bit more now, more like 25000 out the door. I, Do you uh, uh, travel by yourself? I mean, Well, you talked about friends, but I meant uh, two up on the bike or one? Or both uh, when ways. I go cross-country or whatever, I go by myself. Okay. The uh, the price point actually surprised me. I didn't think it would be, I thought that was fairly reasonable. And I think when you consider that, uh, I know that you have a, a Honda CRV, but when you consider that that might be primary transportation for a lot of people and that the average new price of, a, the average price of a new car now is 45000 half of that doesn't sound so bad. Um, no, you're right. And I don't feel like it blows me as much as the, uh, on the two-wheeler, I was actually, when I was going to Oklahoma, 
I had a whole line of truckers in front of me, and I really hate to be beside a truck or Boy, me behind too. a truck and beside a truck because of the wind, not because of, I'm afraid of them. the wind is different. So I gunned it. I, I mean, I was like going a bat out of heck mm-hmm. to get around about five trucks on the right. And I looked down and I'm glad I didn't get ticket. I would have been arrested. I was going 106. Oh my goodness. And I was, nice. yeah. Good for you. I yeah. had no idea I was going that fast until I looked down and saw, oh my gosh, I could not believe how um, comfortable I felt on it. And it was not hydroplaning. It was just, it, I felt like I was still pretty much solid on the ground. And of course I slowed down, but I was extremely impressed with this bike. That's really that something. Great, yeah. In the, on the horizon, you've since we know that you've been to Missouri, and, and uh, when we talked the other day out in front of your house and, and on our podcast, you mentioned Oregon. What's on the horizon? Do you have any trips planned that, that you're really looking forward to? Is it too hot now to go somewhere else, or are you raring to go? Oh, no, I'm raring to go. I would like to go to Kadoka, South Dakota uh, this year. What's there? My grandmother was born on Rosebud Reservation in Kadoka, South Dakota, and oh I just feel the the desire to go see where she was born and and uh, get a little bit of feel and maybe take in Mount Rushmore then, but my goal is to actually go to Kadoka, South Dakota, Rosebud Reservation. That sounds great. I wonder what that would be like in terms of um, not knowing anything about reservations. If they if they people go through there all the time, particularly... Um, a woman on a three-wheel bike. That would be interesting to see what, how the, what the reaction is going to be like. It would be. I have tried to uh, get in touch with them email-wise on the Internet, and I had no luck because uh, we couldn't find proof of my grandmother living there, and I don't doubt her. I just couldn't find regular records. But I just figured I'd just show up, and they either, you know, I can either see what I want to see or just enjoy the trip, you know. Sure. That is interesting. I wondered if you could go back... Uh you mentioned uh, Route 66, uh, I guess a year or two ago when you went, and then you went when you were 19 years old. That's quite a time span. How much has Route 66 changed? Well, you know, I don't, I don't really think that it changed us that much. But the difference between when my dad and I went, they had an energy shortage, and nothing was open early, and nothing was open late and we didn't think about that. And we'd get up at 4 a.m. in the morning to take off riding because, you know, summertime through Arizona and New Mexico, I burned on my arms like unbelievable. Mm. And the, the worst part was we couldn't find bathrooms. And so many a times it was behind a tree and I'm like, okay, thank <laughs> God I didn't have to do it this time. Yes. It was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> wow. But the route... So that is, was a big difference. It's similar, huh? I'll be darned. Well, I guess they, they try to maintain a lot of that stuff, the old gas stations and whatnot. Even if they're not operable, they're they're there. You know, and I find the one thing I, I realize, I'm, I'm, I love California. I'll never move. But the rest stops are cleaner in other states than ours. Yeah. And I appreciate that tremendously. Yeah, the interstate too. I know as soon, pretty much as soon as you go across the Oregon, California, Oregon border, it's a whole different world in terms of. We're into our politics. We're into our politics. Sorry, now. politics podcast. Sorry, and they everything's the, run down in California. <laughs> they they pump the gas for you in Oregon too. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to go into the dark side. Sorry, <laughs> keep keep a well, light. Well, you know, up. in Oregon, they did not pump my gas on my bike. They have a policy that if the bike people do not want them to pump the gas, they won't. And he, I didn't mind, but it was really sweet. But I had a wonderful conversation with this young man while I was pumping my gas. 
That's great. Those are the kind of things that make a trip, you know, that you come home and or wherever you've been, it's some of those small things that become big things when you think back on on wherever the vacation was or, you know, business experience. I, all kinds of little things come to mind that happen that that make trips wonderful. They all add up to being a, a big thing. Well, it's like having a, a, a nice dog with you when you're dog walking, right? If it's a nice dog, people want to come up. It's, it's, it's an attraction, and I'm sure that can am when you're out going up to Oregon or what have you, and you make a stop, people come out and want to talk to you. You know, I can, I'm pretty much a one-on-one. I can talk to anyone, but at the same time, when you're on the Can-Am and you're going anywhere, you don't meet a stranger. Okay. They, they come up to you. Right. They have, they want to talk about the bike. You don't, you just start talking and it is absolutely wonderful. I've had, I remember one gas station, it was a Love's uh, truck stop gas station this truck driver jumped out of his truck just to come over and talk about my bike. That's the best. Yes. Did he? Did he? Um, did he buy one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. I bet he did. Yeah. Be- before we take you up on your offer to come around the corner from where we live, and Bruce lives just you know a couple miles away. Before we take you up on your offer one of these days to ride it, could you explain? Um, what it's like if you're 60 years old, you've never ridden a motorcycle, and you get on a Can-Am. What, what is that experience going to be like uh, for someone who doesn't want to be intimidated, maybe is intimidated, but shouldn't be? What, what are they going to experience? I think what was the most important thing for me, so I'll share a little bit about my experience. When my partner died, she died of Alzheimer's. She was diagnosed in her 40s. Yes. And then I'm also a personal trainer, and I deal with a lot of people with physical issues, uh, congestive heart failure, cancers, uh, neurological illnesses. And so when my partner finally died, I thought I was going to die next. I just felt like, what disease is going to hit me? What What's going to make me... Uh, end up spending the rest of my days in bed. I mean, I really was focused on um, dying the worst ways you could, and I couldn't get that out of my head. When I got on the bike, oh, and mind you, my knee was horrible. It needed to be replaced. So my mind frame was pretty dark, but I got on the bike, age left. The way I was feeling left. I felt young. I felt energetic. I felt... um, like I had a new lease on life and riding it more and more brought me back to the understanding that I, that not don't live for what might happen. You know, don't cross a bridge that, that you're not at yet. But if it wasn't for the bike, I really think I would have stayed in the, the dark place a lot longer. I, for one, really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you for that. That's great. I did. Um, I knew uh, your partner and you were written about, I think, uh, locally a few times, maybe it was in the Sacramento Bee, what have you, if I'm remembering that correctly. And, if you don't mind me sharing, you do have these, I call them shrines, um, to your uh, partner um, on your front lawn, which I always find fascinating. And kids come by and families come by and look at them during holidays. And you always have something out there. So that's that's a wonderful thing, too, I think. Absolutely. Um, you know, we do whatever we can, I think, to uh, give us that feeling of new lease on life because we all take the same journey to a degree. I mean, it might vary. The paths are rockier for some. So it's just up to ourselves to figure out what brings the 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 desire to live, the desire to go on. And, you know, it's it's a struggle we all have no matter what. And I just tell people the worst thing to do when you're struggling is to stop. 
move. It doesn't matter if you're moving vertical, horizontal, move. Yes. It sounds like this Can-Am is a great way to to keep moving. It is. It is. Uh, like in my personal training, I have uh, clients that are older than me, and I, I'm not ashamed of my age. I'm 63, so most of all my clients are older than I am. And someone asked me, well, how do you train them? I said, the same way I train a young person. I just learned to modify. Well, that's what I've done with my own life. I don't ride a two-wheeler anymore. I modified to the three-wheeler. I don't, I don't run, which I hated running anyway, but I walk fast. You know, you just modify it. You don't have to stop. Just sit back, think about what you can do, take control, and you can learn to modify. Perfect. Tracy, that's a good way to uh, um, summarize and, and end our podcast with you. Thank you for, well, thank you for being my neighbor, number one, and thanks for being a guest on the Weekly Driver Podcast. We recommend people that... Um, you're an example of these wonderful Can-Ams, and uh, boy, if someone's ever been interested in giving it a go, I, your testimonial is, is great. So thank you again, and the um, best way to say it is I guess I'll see you in the neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you very much, and have a great day. You do the thank same. You. Thank you, Tracy. Bye now. Bye-bye.